Welcome to Spirited Word. By God's Word proclaimed, the Holy Spirit works faith in God's grace in Jesus, when and where He pleases. Sermons by Pastor Adrian Kitson, Lutheran Church of Australia. This worship time is from the Gospel of John. I don't know whether you've got your Bible there or your uh, words. See how you go. John 8 uh, from verse 31. Freedom is kind of the theme. So Jesus then said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered, We are descendants of Abraham, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How is it that you say, You will be made free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not continue in the house forever. The son continues forever. So, if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Jesus. Indeed, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Help us to hear you speak now. Speak your word of freedom to us and uh, untie many things that worry us and bind us and limit us and um, somehow uh, keep us a little more separate from you than we'd like to be. So use this word to bring us back together. Sense you, know you, listen to you. Hear your word by the Spirit's power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, there's a saying about truth. You probably know it. If you don't know it, you've felt it or have experienced it. Yeah, sure, the truth will set you free, but it'll most likely hurt first. The truth will set you free, but it usually hurts before you get to the good bit. That is the truth about truth, is it not? Think about your own experiences of people telling the truth. So when someone speaks a word of truth to you, oh, maybe about your very unhelpful or even your hurtful attitude or behaviour or words, well, it challenges us. It might even hurt us. We might get offended about this. It dents our pride before the good stuff comes. Learning, understanding, new appreciation of yourself and the other person, and hopefully peace returning back between friends. Seems to me that's what's happening here with these, interestingly, Jewish people who had believed. Interesting uh, in him. You know, this is what's going on. The truth is being told, the good, the bad and the good. So, begun to believe, is that what it really means? The Jewish people around Jesus who had begun to realise this guy's pretty special. He must be special for what he's doing and saying. Or they might have even gone so far as to think, and believe, or start to believe, gee, he could be the Messiah. I mean, I, you know, we'd hate to admit it, but he might be. I don't know what John means by that to the Jews who had believed in him. 
Anyway, uh, they hear this word of truth, because Jesus, when he speaks, always speaks truth. Uh, but they certainly don't welcome it. In fact, we hear that they're actually quite offended by it. Why so? Well, when you think about it, Jesus offers good news here as freedom. Good news is many things, but here it's uh, spoken as freedom. And by doing that, by telling them that he offers freedom, what's he also doing? He's saying that they're not free. And they immediately understand that. This is where they take offence at him. So when you think about it, it seems that the gospel, the good news in whatever theme, however Jesus speaks about it, doesn't really mean a whole lot to a self-made man or woman. And we know about that because we've grown up in families and in a community and in a country and in a Western culture that holds up the self-made as the pinnacle of success in life. The ant's pants, if you like, of how to be a human being is to do it yourself. Who did you grow up watching on TV? Who were your heroes? From dad, my dad, it was John Wayne. You know, walking up, he'd been on his horse for four days and he just, he just powers on, doesn't say much and just gets the job done. He's a self-made man. Kerry Packer, the great, you know, Clive Palmer, Twiggy Forrest, whoever. Self-made people. We love it. We value it. So maybe it's hard for us to receive the truth. In fact, when you think about it, whenever Jesus speaks good news, truth, whether it be salvation, for example, from everlasting hopeless despair, from death even, from God's rightful judgment of our many sins and our wayward heart, or whether he speaks of the gospel as grace, God's undeserved, unearned acceptance and love, or whether he speaks of the gospel as forgiveness for all of our wrong attitudes of heart and mind and behaviour, oh, and whether he speaks of the gospel as life, both now and beyond our dying, when you think about it, these gifts are given with the assumption that we need them. Why? Because we haven't got them. Aha! We can't make them, we can't manufacture them, we can't earn them, and so we need them from Jesus. So here Jesus gives freedom and he tells people that they're not free. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Freedom. Awesome. Beautiful. Freddie Mercury and Queen. I want to break free. Or Mel Gibson playing Sir William Wallace in the movie Braveheart. Freedom. Everyone wants to be free. Speak free. Love free. Work free. Travel free. Be free of this virus and these face masks. Be free of things that tie you down, make your life miserable or limit you or make you feel small. Freedom is offered by Jesus here, but it's not received. We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anybody. What do you mean by saying, you will be made free? In other words, what do you mean we're not free? That we need freedom and probably even more. Who the heck are you? Who do you think you are to give us freedom that we don't even need? 
Ah, there's a bit of self-deception going on here, though. Usually the case with us human beings. People, have you forgotten about the Egyptians? Slavery? No, just saying. Or the Assyrians? Or the Persians? Oh, let's not the Babylonians. Forget the Babylonians who destroyed the whole city of Jerusalem and took you 40. Don't, no, forget that bit. And did you just see that group of Roman soldiers in all their plumery riding past you? You're not slaves of anyone? Hmm. Bit of self-deception going on. So that's them. What about you and what about me and what about us? Are you okay with being named needy today? Named a slave who needs freedom? Named a person who needs salvation and grace and etc. Because you haven't got it. And he has. And you need it. Are you offended enough to not bother to seek his freedom? Because you pretty much think you got it anyway. Well, you might be offended. Many people are, of course. More and more in our culture, it seems. I'm sometimes offended. We do pride ourselves on being self-made visionaries. This is how to be a human being. In our community, you make your own way, don't you? There's no free lunches. You build your family, you build your farm, you build your business, you build your career, you build your fortune, your house, your life, hopefully without help from anyone. Relying on others and admitting any need of assistance is what? Weakness. And to be avoided at all costs lest someone find out that you didn't do it all, that you didn't make it all and you didn't get it all right. So I suspect many of us find it very difficult to do some honest admitting that we aren't perfect, that our lives aren't perfect, and that there's room not just for growth and improvement, but for help and repentance and forgiveness and freedom from many things. To admit that things do get on top of us and get the better of us, and to admit that we need help to get the better of it. Now maybe <coughs> it's especially too difficult today. There's so much pressure in our culture to act as if you've got it all together all the time. Great life, great job, great partner, great future, great house, great this, great that, more or less everything. And I reckon the social media thing, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc., etc., they've proven to be a great way to stay in touch with people, sure. But the downside is They've proven to be vehicles that demand an ever-increasing level of effort to stay in the positivity flow. There's a lot of pretending going on. We're all descendants of Abraham, don't you know? We're all descendants of the Barossa. We're all descendants of the Lutherans. We're all descendants of Australia, all my family. We've never been slaves to anybody. We don't back down to anybody around here. Classic Aussie stuff. You know, I've heard several studies that end up finding that uh, four of the most popular social media platforms increase negative feelings in the users, particularly among teenagers and young adults. I mean, you can only look at so many photos of someone else's wonderfully happy life and excited life on these things before you begin to feel like yours isn't. Fear of missing out culture, FOMO they call it. Pressure to pretend and be perfect. 
Sounds a bit like slavery to me. So where's the freedom Jesus speaks of today? And are you willing to receive it in your honest need for it, for him? Enter Martin Luther. Reformation, don't forget, 500 years ago. 95 bullet points about what's really important. Questions about the church and faith and God and who he is and who we are. First bullet point. First one out of 95. When our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, Repent, Matthew 4.17, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. I know, I don't know if we get the word or like the word these days. Luther goes on to say in points two and three that he doesn't mean the repentance of you know, confessing your sins and receiving absolution from a pastor or a priest. And he doesn't mean that inward kind of feeling really bad moment. No, when he speaks of repentance, the life of repentance or moment of repentance, he's talking about what we might call um, truth-telling. A truth-telling that allows you to be honest about how you are deceiving yourself or letting yourself be deceived, usually both. And it gives you an opportunity to think and to speak and to pray and to behave differently. In other words, to live freely. And that's how it works with these people around Jesus and you and I hearing the same. Jesus' invitation to freedom, this gift of freedom, immediately demands an act of repentance, truth-telling, before it hits home, hits the mark, and does its freeing, saving, wonderful work. Because it demands that we come clean in our need, which isn't easy for self-made men and women, I know. So this gift of freedom from Jesus may sound like bad news, more than good news at first. As we said, the truth will set you free, but it might hurt first. And that's because the truth of Jesus and the truth that actually makes you free, right? The truth at the heart of the 95 dot points, the 95 thesis that he posted on the Wittenberg Castle Church door in 1517 to get some discussion going with students at the university. Little did he know it was start a reformation that would unsettled the whole of Europe for about a hundred years. He didn't know that. The heart of the Reformation and the heart of this Sunday and the heart of this text is two truths. One hurts and one is freedom. First truth, you know them, we are sinners. God's fallen, flailing at times, often confused, uh, always imperfect children, from go to woe, from birth to death, Sinners that no amount of indulgences in Reformation times or good works, behaviour, good moral behaviour or good intentions or status updates and likes on Facebook. No amount of that can redeem you. But here's the second bit which starts to sound like freedom should sound and is. We are also sinners who are simultaneously God's loved children, sinners whom God calls blessed and holy and perfect, sinners for whom Jesus died and now lives to pray for, intercede for every moment, sinners whose futures are not determined by regrets and mistakes and pain, 
and shame, but really by the possibility created by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from all of that. Basically, like the song said before, sinners whom God loves with everything he's got. So friends, we're not perfect, and we don't have to be perfect to be loved by God. That's the gospel in a nutshell. John 3.16, really. You don't have to be perfect to be loved. So we're now free because the Son has set us free. Not just any hired labourer or stranger. The Son of all creation has set us free. And so we are no longer needing to bow down to anyone or anything. At the same time, we're so free, we're called to serve everyone and anyone. So friends, can you believe on Reformation Sunday? Two words. First word, you have sinned and fallen short. Second word, final word, complete word, best word, you are now right, holy, justified, made right by God's grace in this man Jesus as pure gift. That is Romans 3, the verse that sparked the Reformation, which I have on good authority. Luther first seriously pondered, or the light bulb went on when he was down at the bottom of the tower at the Wartburg Castle in his daily morning movements in the small room. So, it, so the story goes. Anyway, don't sit with Luther there. Sit with, remember blind Bartimaeus last week? He knew, he knew what he needed. He needed all the freedom he could get. And he was okay with saying it. In fact, he was yelling it, even in public on the side of the road near Jericho. What did he say? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they kept telling him to shut up. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus says to that person in need, and to you, your faith in my words have healed you. That's the Reformation, and that's freedom. In the name of Christ, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word of freedom. And we pray for each person listening today that they would experience your freedom, new freedom from all hurts, shames, guilt, regrets, pain, difficulties, conflicts. We, we live with them. They're around us all the time. We pray for a moment of freedom by these words. The Son has set you free. You are free indeed. Go back to our baptism. Remember our story so far in God and his people and all the things you've done and said to us over the journey. Whether it's long or short, help us to receive your freedom so we can live free and we can love as we are called to love and we can give as we're called to give and we can be with people as you want us to be. So uh, give us this gift of freedom, Lord. We need it. And by the way, help the world to experience this freedom in many places in a very troubled world. Who knows what's going on? It seems... Lots of things are sort of piling up that are really... Um, we're just not quite sure how it's all going to turn out. I guess we never are, but maybe it's one of those, I don't know, more difficult times. seems like that anyway. So we pray for the world, and we pray that you would bring your freedom through your people at the local level across the world by this gospel, and you do it right here in our community 
and wherever people are listening, live as well. And we pray for our church all over the world, Christians everywhere, and we pray you'd help us live in freedom, not hypocrisy or self-justification or self-righteousness, that you'd help us to trust you, to rely on you, to uh, risk asking you for freedom because it means we have to admit we haven't got it. But you've got it in spades and you're very, very happy to give that gift any day of the week. So help each person to do that. We commend ourselves to your care and those whom we love uh, and those we pray for in whatever way. So in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Be strong and courageous, friend. Do not fear, for the Lord is with you to be your strong tower, your mighty fortress. In his name, live the faith. Trust the Holy Spirit's leading and remember who you are and to whom you belong always. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favour and give you his peace this Reformation Day. Amen. Thanks for listening. Pastor Adrian serves at St. Petri Lutheran Church, New York, Barossa Valley, South Australia. stpetri.org.au